0: Hello welcome back to episode 12 of the Property Empress podcast. My name is Richard and with me as always is Anna Pearce. Uh, good evening Anna.
1: Hello, hello Richard,
0: hello everyone. So following on from last week's episode we were doing how to find your, your area to invest in. So how, how to discover which area you should actually choose and how to pick it. And this week is going to be a follow-on from that episode where we're going to be talking about how to find the actual properties within those areas and what how to do the research and what you should be looking for uh, to find your next property.
1: Mm, absolutely. So it follows on really nicely because we talk about strategy area property. So this is always in the back of your mind is strategy. They, like, you know, your strategy is buy to less or your strategy is flipping properties. So you find an area that suits that strategy, you find a property that suits that area in that strategy. So it kind of, this kind of goes with the other parts of the puzzle, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's important to always keep in mind why you're doing it as well. Yeah. And what you're really looking for, because it's very easy to get swept up in looking at properties and you kind of forget yeah. you end up like shopping for yourself. And you go, hang on, I'm not going to live here. I don't need a third bathroom. You know, you, you've got to keep in mind what you're actually looking for. Because mm. when we've been looking at properties ourselves to move and it's amazing how lost you get just looking at endless properties. So what we actually did was actually wrote down what we're actually what we what are the minimums we must have for our properties. This is for buying our own personal one by the way. Mm. But same process I assume applies. Write down what are the minimums, what are our preferred and what is like the dream and see where we can sort of uh mix and match in between. Um so we found that really helpful for that's research. great.
1: I like that. And it absolutely does apply for this as well because one of the things that you see time and time again, particularly with new investors so as soon as you start talking to estate agents, they'll convince you <laughs> that, you know, maybe this area or you'll look at a house, they're like, yeah. I know it's not a bicep, but it would make a really great HMO or a really great flip or what have you. But exactly what you're talking about, be clear on your, your strategy is your non-negotiable.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I can I can totally see how you get railroaded into certain again areas. And we've also done a we did we wrote down like the six main areas that we would live in and we've ranked them one to six and then we've also ranked them Terrace, Detached and even put them in the sky. honestly, wow, it's, it's a crazy list You um, do
1: sir, I love your approach to stuff, you're so like considered, it's so lovely
0: It's madness is what it is I'll, say, I'll, I'll, I'll share a picture of the sheet it's, it's just like oh my god all these rankings As
1: um, no, someone who loves spreadsheets I can really 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 appreciate your approach <laughs> um,
0: so where do we go? Right, so we've picked our area. Which area would you like to do as, as an example? Do you want to do Northampton as you know it so well? Uh,
1: Yeah, I could do, yeah. Brilliant.
0: Just so, okay. So, so Northampton is the area that you've decided to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that now, definitely. And I suppose this is where your area research is really, really important mm-hmm. and where you should have spent a lots of time understanding that the area that you actually want to invest in and like you said about last week, about going to visit the area, you know, walking the actual streets, talking to people who live there, so you do get a feel of what the area is like. Mm. And talking general. to
1: the estate agents as well, getting yeah. some kind of guidance on. Did we talk about this last week about in Northampton? There's a there's an area called Semilong and there's a little corner in the in right at the bottom that used to be the red light districts. Oh. So the prices are cheap. A slight, well, the, uh, well, I say slightly are uh, significantly cheaper. <laughs> And that's why. So so it would be very easy to come to an area and go, wow, they're really cheap here. Maybe they're just below market value. It's like, no, it's because that's where the red light district was (laughs) years ago. Like, I think it was like the 80s or something, but for some reason it still impacts the prices today. But you, we only realised that because obviously I was a, I was a kid when I lived in Northampton, so I obviously didn't realise that. But it was from talking to the estate agents that we found that out. So there's little nuggets of wisdom like that that you'll get from estate agents. You wouldn't necessarily – although you're not going to find that out on – you're not going to get that in like the mouse price area guide, for example. No,
0: you're not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so talking to estate agents is really important as well.
0: Yeah, so once you – so you, yeah, and you mean – in person and on the phone, as much as you, yeah. it's basically as much as you could possibly do. Yeah. I can appreciate that some people are really remote. If, I, if, if I've decided Newcastle is my area, then, mm. well, one, that's a nightmare. But because it's miles away, not because it's yeah. going to anybody, <laughs> all right. I just mean practicality reasons. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, so if I've decided Newcastle is my area and then I realise I need to go and walk the streets and I need to mm. talk to estate agents, it's not always going to be possible. So you kind of got to do as much as you can.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's so much online now. You can really find out a lot about an area because people like to talk.
1: Mm, definitely, definitely. And I think particularly with lockdown as well, like there's people are so much better at working remotely. So definitely. Yeah.
0: I also Be- put a, a call out on Facebook, actually. Um, nice. In one of the areas I was looking at, I was actually, we were looking at Bournemouth as an area to move to. And I just put a call out on Facebook said, mm. Do any of my school friends or anyone on Facebook live in Bournemouth? And I had a couple of people tag a different couple of people. Yeah, speak to him. Speak to him. And then I got a couple of messages saying, yeah, what do you want to know? Nice. Um, so I actually got a complete breakdown of Bournemouth, which is
1: Wonderful. amazing. That's I'm great. Like, yeah. That's yeah. A, That social media is such a powerful tool. The, exactly. You have to take it with a little bit of pinch of salt, obviously, because some people just like, you know, they might complain about something, you know, that's... Yeah. Just them complaining, but yeah, overall, I think that's a really great approach.
0: Well, then the next week we actually went down to the Warmouth for the for the day and spent the day driving around, walking around.
1: Nice. That's it. it. The idea is to to build a picture, and it's building on, like you said, when you're doing the area research, you get a good feel for the area, but then when you decide on an area, you're just building that picture. So yeah, talking to people who live there, talking to estate agents, reading area guides, going visiting yourself, it's to help get a as full a picture as you can. Yeah um And then going into looking at houses. Yes, and, which is where know, we're at now. Yeah. And I honestly think the best place to start is by talking to us, by going and talking to a estate agents, saying what you want to do. Um, for us, we're always trying to get houses where we can add value because we use angel investors' money and things like that. So, yeah. you know, we're looking for a property that needs some work doing. You know we like to get it for good price um and you know being really clear you know i mean i, th- I think i've mentioned before as well we don't go for the, for the full renovation because builders like that we don't go for the light renovation we go for middle ground so we're, we're quite specific and then see and then look at as many different houses with the agents as possible different estate agents and just get a feel for so in fact i will use uh, northampton as an, as an example All the estate agents took us to Semilong. They're all banged on about Semilong. And basically it's this area, a strip of like Victorian Terrace properties where you have like, you know, pretty good rental yield. It's near the train station. It was at that point near the university. The university's actually moved. But um, it was that they were all obsessed (laughs) with this small area, of Victorian Terrace properties. And I went and I just was like, I'm not that bothered. Not that bothered. My gut feel was not that bothered. And it felt like there was a lot of interest in this very meh kind of area. So we started, we made a conscious decision to look all round Northampton to really get to know the whole area. And what we found was the eastern districts, the houses, there's a lot of kind of ex-council, you know, um, areas the houses are much bigger. The gardens are much bigger. They're they're cheaper than semi long, and they give better returns. So I was like, why are they? Why are they obsessing? I just I still don't get the whole obsession with semi long. So we now, when we look at properties, we you know make a point of saying we're not that bothered. We don't really want to look at semi long. We just found that all the investors were there, and we just couldn't really get you know I don't know. It just didn't it just didn't do yeah. it for me. But also the number, you couldn't really get a good deal um so it's also um you know um working out areas you don't want to invest in but what we found for us personally i just like the eastern districts i like my also my family lives over there and uh, I like the houses. I like the numbers. So we then kind of focused on that. So But you have to go through a process to get to that point. We have bought in like other areas that we haven't exclusively bought in the Eastern districts. That's just a preference. We have, I will also say, we have bought in Long. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> but we it was it was like the second property we bought and uh, and it was a good property. We were flipping at that point and made some good money on it, but it was just like we wouldn't really. I mean, if we would, we, you know, never say never, we'd still buy a property there. It's just we're not that keen on it, um, but it's, yeah, it's going through the process of looking at lots of houses, talking to lots of estate agents, working out where you like, you know, and just what works for yeah. you and what works for your strategy.
0: Yeah, I think that's the important thing, isn't it? The strategy that you're mm-hmm. using because some of the areas that you think is a great buy to let area, you yeah. know, it might that that's great for that area, but if you're trying to do rent to rent or, you know, whatever else you're trying to do or doing flips, it may well be better areas for you. Mm-hmm. So it, we can't go into every single strategy and what type of house to look at on this because it would be here forever. Um, but it's important to know that I think street by street you know, areas change street by street. Yeah, really do. So it's really important to know the area. And, and you're, you're you're
1: always going to be sorry, totally interrupted. Yeah, you're yeah, always going to be learning. We're still learning yeah. about Northampton. It changes. It's like it's like a it's like a living organism. Yeah. And you'll and you'll change your relationship with it. Like there was the I think I mentioned in one of the previous episodes. There was a property that I was like the numbers are great, but it's a really rough area. And then a few years later, we bought in that area. And now I'm, like, obsessed with it. And I'm like, I want to buy another house in that area. So you, <laughs> it changes and adapts to me. So it's just you're building a relationship with your area. Yeah, of
0: course. And, because it, mm. and you've got to remember that whoever you speak to and yourself, you're going to have bias towards certain areas because of whatever reason as well. So you've got to bear that in mind. And things do change. And you do need to learn what type of houses are in which streets as well. You start mm. learning... Oh, yeah you know the, the 1930s houses are, tend to be on that side of because even the same side of the road is different sometimes you know you've got one yeah. side you've got the victorian ones and then the other side you've got the council houses and you know you so you really do have to know what your your area is so important so i can the more that we've been looking ourselves you start realizing oh my god you know it's it, you could get lost so easily
1: mm, um definitely Um, it's fun fun, though it's really nice getting to know your area and starting to find places that you like places you don't like learning about you know little things like the well probably not a good example but like the red light districts and little (laughs) nuances and things it's like it's like having a hobby that you you build momentum and you get quite into it and then suddenly you realize you know quite a lot and it's good fun it's you don't and you don't have to I mean you don't have to you don't have to obsess with it it doesn't have to be a big project that you do it definitely stands you in good stead if you have a good feel of your area but as long as you have the basic understanding you know um but I think generally people quite like to get to know the area and just looking at just looking at houses is enough like you get to know the area really quickly that way
0: are there any types of houses that you you wouldn't look at? I mean, are we talking about because you obviously you've got some that are you can't mortgage if they're not if they're not of standard construction as well, you've got to bear that in mind because sometimes it's hard to tell. Some of the old council places, mm-hmm. they do look like standard brick buildings, but they're actually not. And they're the prefab ones. And getting a mortgage on those, you it's a nightmare, isn't it?
1: I love I love quirky properties. I would if there was non-standard non-standard construction, I would jump at it. If there's, it. <laughs> if there's a sitting tenant, I would jump at it. Like anything unusual <laughs> because everyone runs a mile. Yeah. And actually, like the um non-standard. So for example, a good estate agent, if it's if it's not mortgageable, for example, a good estate agent will put cash buyers only and not waste everyone's time. But unfortunately, <laughs> there's a lot of not very good estate agents. Um, but there's a property that I looked at fairly recently that was a uh, timber build and timber build isn't automatically unmortgageable, but this one happened to be unmortgageable. Um, so, yeah, you'd have to have a chat with the estate agent. But if you look at a property that isn't obviously unmortgageable, it'll come through in the, in the survey. So we yeah. bought we had an offer accepted probably about a year or two ago. And it was it was in my opinion mortgageable. The surveyor disagreed <laughs> um, because he said the border boiler was on its last legs. And I was like, well, it's an empty house. We're going to renovate it. Why does it matter, kind of thing? If yeah. It's because it still works. It just didn't. It was just knackered. He was old. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But it'll come out. If there's an issue, it'll come out in the mortgage uh, in the survey. So don't worry too much. But in terms of is there any house I wouldn't look at, I actually would be more inclined to look at unusual properties because people run. Because I because I'm I because I I know that there's so many steps to the point where you buy a property that if there's a serious, serious, serious issue, we won't go ahead. But yeah. I will look at it knowing that actually this I could potentially get a good deal with this. If it's a property that's unmortgageable that I can easily make mortgageable, I'm very interested. But in terms of are there any houses I wouldn't look at, for me personally, flats.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And leaseholds, properties in general, like, um, you know, masonets and stuff, just because um it's like you have extra costs involved um and you have other people involved you have potentially management companies involved but probably the biggest thing for us is that the capital appreciation isn't as strong for flats in our area in northampton um as houses uh because houses are cheap i mean not so cheap anymore but they're like you know you're looking at like i think 150 grand was the minimum in northampton last time i checked um, you know, whereas the flats are not that much less, but they don't go up in value. So although, yeah, so I, I'm not interested in flats or Masonettes oh, particularly. Drew is, Drew is more interested. He went through a phase where he was like, he thought masonets would make a really good strategy. So he was looking at a load of them, but we, he didn't go ahead with it in the end. But, yeah, so that's for me personally. I would only really, and I get asked this a lot on TikTok, I would only really consider flats if I was buying in the south or in London where there's much more demand for them. But yeah. when when houses are, you know, 50 grand, so there's not really going to be much demand for flats.
0: Sure. I mean, again, I suppose it does depend on the strategy again. It comes back to that yeah. again, which is why it's clear. Because if you are picking up a non-standard construction, and you need a shorter name for that, I need a, yeah. a better name. <laughs> The non-standard construction properties. Um, if you're just going to be doing a buy-to-let, it's not so important. If you if you're looking to flip mm. a property, then probably don't buy a non-standard because because yeah. you know the buyers are probably going to want to get a mortgage on it. So yeah, exactly. You just got to remember that you have got to think a few steps ahead of what you're actually doing with it.
1: Mm. Um, See that, the, but the, then I go to if I was flipping them uh, again, yeah. I I because then you could sell them through auction. Um, because then they're more likely to cash. So it's that thing, isn't it? It's like I go to I go to solutions, like that's just how my brain is wired. I'm like, oh, that could be. Risk,
0: risk tolerance as well, isn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, that's true. And and that's the thing for most people, particularly if it's your first property. Like for me, I I I mean, you know, I buy all kinds of weird and wonderful, crazy situation properties, but not <laughs> the first one. The first one was straight down the line, easy peasy, you know, standard, like you know, there was no real risk involved, and I think for your first one, you've got to go that way because you can't. You know, it's different when you've got ten properties versus yeah. one. So, yeah, yeah,
0: sure. I mean, as long as you're not, you know, crazy enough to like buy a farm or something, you're okay. On. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's doing that?
0: <laughs> right. Okay. So, I found my property in Northampton. I found a couple I want to look at. How do I? find out what the property is actually worth, market value mm. versus how, where do I do the that sort of financial research and yeah. where do I find out the historical figures and what I could be receiving uh, yeah. in, in rent or whatever I want to do with it. Where do I go for that?
1: So, this is a really good question and especially important if you have direct to vendor inquiries. So, if you have, okay. you know, if you're going with an estate agent, you can, you can ask an estate agent, by the way, for comparables, like how much do you think it's, how much, you know, how much do you think it's worth done after, for example. They are always going to over egg how much it's done up so you need to do your own due diligence but yeah especially if you're speaking to someone privately and they're like you know that i've not spoken to an estate agent can i sell the property how much do you think it's worth and you're sat there like um yeah, <laughs> you it? know so there <laughs> there's a tool i've talked about this i'm sure i've done a video on this a while back on but it's my absolute favorite property investing tool <laughs> sorry i'm getting attacked by flies um, spiders. and spiders yeah um, my absolute property investing tool um, on Right Move. There is. Uh, if I'm trying to think where you go, you go onto Right Move and then you go to. Um, I think it's price. No, what is it? <laughs> house Let's prices. Let's have a look. Yeah, so I think it's Right Move house prices price comparison report. I think so. Richard, right
0: Move house prices at the top. There's yeah. a click, uh, price comparison report. That's
1: exactly it. I love this tool, absolutely love it, because you can put a postcode in. So, okay. it, Richard, if you pulled it up, if you put yes. in NN1 and then make up a postcode 3DR or something, I don't know.
0: Right, 3DR, I'll do it. Okay. You, uh, it doesn't exist. You make it. Oh, <laughs> OK. <laughs>
1: OK. Um.
0: Oh, there you go, 4BG. That's got one. There we go, well
1: done. So it basically what comes up is it it pulls up everything that is on that and only look at the to start with only look at that the postcode that you're looking for the property so it will pull up everything that's for sale for that postcode at that point you know when you're looking yeah. as well as everything that has been
0: up oh, yes. for sale so no longer you, on the market,
1: Exactly. Actually. So if, for example, the neighbor has sold, and you can you can just, you can't go into the, no. I'll come to this, but you can't go into the listing for the previous, like the ones that were up for sale, but you can have a look at the front and you can kind of see, say it's clearly like the same kind of house and it was up for sale. You know, say you're looking at properties on the market for hundred grand. Or in fact, even better, say you were talking direct to vendor, pull it up, pull up, there's the, a similar house up for sale now for 100 grand. You might find in the previously for sale, um, maybe there's one that was on for like, I don't know, 110 grand or let's say 90 grand or something. If it's sold, it will come up in bold. As, so if there's a sale price, it will come up and it'll list that as well. So say that there's one that's a similar kind of house that's on the market, you know, three months ago for like 90 grand sold for 85 then it's a really good place to start to work out the market value okay. um so you have the what's on for sale now what has been on for sale now what sold prices there are you can actually scroll down and see all the sold prices yeah. and also if there's any properties for rents but that's only currently for rents
0: yeah properties to rent yeah and yeah. the last five most recent sold house prices yeah
1: it's just everything on price is brilliant wow that's the, amazing the only drawback is you can't see the listings for the previously if you because actually when i because i had an estate nestings agency it, the estate agents can go into the listings so that was frustrating at one point i used to be able to go into listings now i can't because i don't have my estate agency but what you can do this is the other thing that i do is you can go to zoopla because particularly if they've got so say you've got a property that looks very similar to yours. Was on for ninety grand, so I can't remember the numbers that used, sold for ninety grand, whatever. Yeah. Like say a few months. There's also a bit of a lag, so if it's just come off the market, it might not show the sold price for a few months. It takes a while to come through. Sure. But say you can see that you know number ninety six sold six months ago, for example. Um, you can go to down to the bottom where it says the last five sold prices, and it'll give you the address. It'll say like number ninety six sold. You can go across to Zeepler, Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and you can do the same kind of thing so put basically if you know it's 96 it's a lot easier but you put the you know the price on or the dress and what have you and go for that particular property so you're going with with Zoopla you're going to um again I think it's house prices you have like for sale for rent and then you have like house prices and basically you can look for that particular house. And very often, not always, but very often, they will have the property history. So they'll have all the previous listings for that particular address. So we're going to have a bit of dead air because Richard is clearly (laughs) searching. I'm listening, honestly. Well, I know it's fine. I can tell that you're on Zoopla having a little look. Look at your little face because I can't see what you're looking at. I can tell you're like fascinated.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's so much information here, honestly, you wouldn't believe. Um, (laughs) It's so handy. What I, what I do have a tip actually, okay. Because what I found is that obviously because once they've sold, you can't look in the listings because like they've gone, haven't they? But if you favourite the house, you know when you're looking on White right Move, if you double click or hit the little heart, you can view that property forever.
1: Ah, oh, interesting. If you, it save it fa- if you save
0: it to your if you save it to your favourites, you can yeah. you can go back in and see all the pictures as the original listing. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Just so so if you're thinking ahead of time, I mean, yeah. You, yeah you start yeah. thinking okay that's these are the streets I want to look at and then just start marking just favorite all the all the houses yeah. on those streets then you you will be able to go and view them all again
1: oh that's there so you. useful thank you it should oh, yeah. so yes yeah, so if you go into zoopla if you go into the so I, also it's the same thing if you have a direct vendor mm-hmm. contact you you can go into like do the price comparison report anyway because i think it's useful you can go into zoopla and find the particular house and it'll give you a, look. but one thing I would say, actually, don't listen, don't look at the Zupla estimate of the, like, valuation. Yeah,
0: because there's a range it's here. It's
1: so broadly done. There's no real um, accuracy with it. So don't use, it. I've, I've heard people talk about Zupla values my house at this. It doesn't, it makes no difference. Like, it's basically a guess from Zoopla. Yeah, well, um, they've
0: got one here, estimate. But this house here was estimated at 170 K to 255k. <laughs> oh, just somewhere in the middle then, yeah? Just, yes. just...
1: <laughs> But you yeah. can go, you can look at the you can look at the history basically. So anytime so the when you when you hit goals is when you say you have a direct vendor, you click in and you can see what they bought it for five years ago and you can see the listing. So you can see what condition it's in. Okay. You know, that's for me that's the gold. And even better, if it was if it's been listed, it's normally in the last kind of ten to fifteen years it'll go back. It doesn't go back like thirty years, it only goes back like the last kind of ten, fifteen oh, years.
0: Actually, yeah, yeah, I see. Okay. So yeah, so this one, I'm just looking at a random one here. Mm-hmm. They've they've estimated ninety five thousand to hundred and sixteen thousand. Okay. And it last yeah, it last sold in May twenty ten
1: for sixty two thousand. nice so can you see the listing from 2010
0: uh no not you know, not on this particular one i can't
1: okay yeah that's a little bit older if it was like kind of three or four years ago you'd expect to yeah um but uh-huh. it's like i said it's not always but more often than not you can see the listing and particularly sometimes like i said the striking gold is where you can see all like you can see two or three listings and you can see how much they were on the market for and what they sold for maybe if they were put up for rental um but it's just such useful such useful tool i could
0: spend hours digging through this honestly mm, this is ridiculous
1: exactly Exactly. Uh, um and then the other the other thing of course is that i use extensively is land registry house prices so say, for example, again, you're talking to – the reason the director vendor is a good example is because with the estate agent, you can talk to them and they will have valued it and things like that. Director vendor, you're kind of you're on your own. So if, for example, there you're struggling, there's not many comparables, you can go a bit further field. If there's no comparables in your postcode, go a little bit further, like a quarter of a mile, go a bit further field. Um and also go to see what else is on the market at the moment. So I go a little bit wider and go, well, actually three bed houses are going for this range in this area. And I think it'll be. So just look at the broad picture, but the price comparison is a really good place to start in Zoopla as well. But the other thing to do is, so for example, if they direct vendor, say they were like, well, I bought it five years ago for 100 grand. And one of the conversations you have is like, what, what work have you done to it and things like this? If So say, for example, they bought it five years ago for 100 grand, they've not done anything to it. You can go into the um, land registry. You can just just Google. I find it easier to Google. I struggle to navigate the website. So I just Google like land registry house prices yep. or house price data or something. And, um, and you can go and put for the area. So I put Northampton. And then look at how prices have moved and you can put the dates in. So I'd do it from five years ago or from whenever they bought it to now. And I would go, well, if prices have broadly increased by 20%, I'll just put a 20% uplift as as another layer of research. I wouldn't go, oh, therefore it's clearly worth this much. It would be as another way. I, I. pull together all the different what's on the market now what has been what sold prices what you know all the different things what do the price movements do to work out what i think is a good price and i use gut instinct as well i'm just like i just think it'll go for more like that kind of thing yeah. um and you put everything together and that and the thing to remember the kicker is that a house is only worth what someone's willing to pay you might yes. absolutely think it's worth a certain amount, but if no one, you know, buys it, no, particularly if you're flipping, um, although flipping's easier, weirdly. We, one of the, the, the last flip we did was I 100% knew that if we were going to have it valued after we'd renovated it, they would have downvalued it because it was on the border of, it was like in quite a rough area, but it was on the border of a really nice village, mm-hmm. And you open the door and like one side was this not so nice area. And the other side, you could see all the, like, all the lovely stone walls yeah. of this village. So they were valuing it as part of the cheap area. And I was like, but you could probably get a bit of uplift because you can see, you know, this nice area. So if we'd have had a surveyor come in, they would have downvalued it. But because we're flipping, we were like, we can take that risk. And that was the one we, we made 19 grand profit on it. Oh, um, and nice. we sold it for full asking price in the recession. That um reason. so yeah so and we so that was the thing it, it again it depends on your strategy so i wouldn't have gone for it if it was a buy select, but i knew as a flip i could probably like pull it off is there,
0: um yeah What? Well, sorry while we're on this is mm-hmm. there Because some people this again probably to, to you and i this sounds like amazing you can dive into all this like research on areas and talk to people and that's great for people that aren't so Answer dedicated to that kind of side, or don't have the time or the weirdness to do all that. What do stuff. you
1: mean, people that don't like numbers or spreadsheets? I, do these people exist? Uh,
0: apparently so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, who is there? A service you can pay? Is there any? Ooh. Is there or is there is there any role in the sort of property? I, I'm I'm guessing like a, you know, like a sourcing agent to do that. Is there anyone you would you can go to say, look. I want this property research doing. Mm. I need to find out all this information. Can you go and do it for me? Is there anyone
1: that does that? If you're buying, if you're buying through, if you're interested in buying a property through an estate agent, the best thing you can do is ask the estate agent, ask them to send you comparables because you'll be able to see from the comparables if they're genuine comparables or not. And really you want to, you want to see, you want to, what you want to be seeing is, or what you want to hear from the estate agent is that we sold this, we sold this property for this amount Within three months, ideally, and it's all for this much. And then it's like, brilliant. Can you send me the info? Can you send me the details so that I can see? They can do, in fact, you can, I mean, you can go on the price comparison report and you can print the report out. Like it would be do the same kind of job. So you just need to put the postcode in, print it out and have a look at it. But if you, if you know, if you want to speak to someone, you don't want to do that, then speak to the estate agent, but ask them to show you the comparables is probably okay. the best bet. Okay. As far as I know, I don't. Okay, that's not so, a bad little, it's yeah.
0: almost not a bad little, if you wanted to start in property and you didn't want to do sourcing or you didn't want to, that, that may be an idea for someone to start mm. up saying, look, I'm but great at research. Su-
1: but it's very subjective, that's the problem, because it's that thing. Because how a surveyor will value, a surveyor will always downvalue the property. Unless there's yeah. like the neighbour sold three months ago in the exact same condition for X amount, they will always go down. Of course, yeah. Um, and... So when, so when we're talking about a valuation, it, 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 we're, we're talking about something that doesn't really exist because are we talking about it from a lender's point of view when we're going to refinance? Are we talking about it? We're going to sell the property. Are we talking about like what we genuinely think it's worth? Like the, it, it's so subjective. But yes. for me, it's the case of going, for me, the reason that I value properties is because I'm like, well, I want to, for me, because we use angels, I want to refinance in however you know, a couple of years time. What do I think it will be valued yep. at? Be valued at, not like, you know. And it's really hard because it will depend on the comparables at that point in time. Like I said, if a surveyor goes and there happens to be no similar sold price it's sold, or worse still, one like five houses sold for what I think it's worth and one sold cheaper for what, for whatever reason... Then I'm like, well, there you go. It's going to go for the. It, it's going to be valued at the cheaper one now. So yeah. um, I've lost my train of thought. I feel I feel like I'm being mean about surveyors. I'm not actually being mean about surveyors because I no, get no, why. No. I really get why they have to err on the side of caution. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're doing anything wrong. It's just, it's understanding what what their role is. But yeah. the reason that's what I was going to say. The reason I'm working out it's it's working out why you need the numbers. So when we're flipping houses. It, we looked at it completely differently, but when we're looking to refinance houses to pay back angel investors, um, that's a whole different you know, ball game. So in terms of valuing me talking to an estate agent isn't I mean it's going to give me an idea, but it's not really going to give me what I need because I'm yeah. looking at how a surveyors I mean actually the, actually that's who you should that's who, who you can do. so I've just realized I've got an answer to your question from about five minutes hey. ago. You can, <laughs> I believe, ask a surveyor to value a property for you but I think you are probably gonna pay (laughs) for for it and I know they don't really like doing it (laughs) because it's again it's that thing of but you can you I'm fairly sure I mean I've got I'm in a networking group with a surveyor so I know I can say to him what would you value this property at but the reason I don't do it and I hope he doesn't listen to my podcast (laughs) is he, he dramatically I mean the conversations we've had I can tell he dramatically downvalues the properties oh, really? um, so that's the reason I, I don't want to know his, I love him I don't want to know his answer because <laughs> it's not what I want to hear so having a surveyor get in with a get in with a networking group with us as a surveyor and use them as free advice maybe you can. Pay, I'm fairly sure you can pay a surveyor to, to give you a valuation even if it's an informal high Level one, yeah. I would be clear on this is just to get a feel for it. I know that it because they can't value a property into it because we're always looking to value property in two years' time to you know because we're going to refinance in two years' time. So then you can't get a surveyor to say in two years' time what's the property going to be worth, like they're going to have an aneurysm, you know. Yeah, no, um, yeah.
0: If there was a way that you could sort of cut out if you weren't so happy mm -hmm. or confident or time poor a way of if there's someone where do you go to sort of get that information if yeah. you don't want to do it yourself it's or a you great question
1: answer. the best thing to do is to to reply on one of my TikToks <laughs> and I'll That's do it true. for you <laughs> yeah
0: if in doubt we'll just start your own podcast and ask everyone else to tell you the answer yeah, yeah. it's a really
1: good question it is a good question yeah, yeah. Um. so yeah so that okay. is researching that that was a rather abrupt end <laughs> no was just the end the end, <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> so i was just trying to think it's like everything that we needed to cover really but it kind of is to be honest that's that's the more meat and bones of the the property reset i know what we need to talk about was um offers because the way that mm-hmm. we do things because we're having to refinance and not everyone obviously i appreciate not everyone has to refinance pull their money out but the way that we put offers in is based on what would what do we need to pay for this house to be able to we think pull all of our money back out and i'm not talking about these ridiculous you know low 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 offers particularly direct to vendor um but basically we work out you know um i think if you've watched my if you i'm, I'm sure we must talk about on the podcast but if you watch my tiktoks so i talk about there's three ways that we add value if we're buying properties we buy them cheap the ideally direct to vendor get them a bit cheaper. Add a bit of value to them by renovating and leave them in an uplifting market for a couple of years so that when we refinance we can pull our money out so basically the way we work out our offers is to work backwards and go what do we think it's going to be worth in two or three years time um, and then basically take off all the costs and you know kind of work our way back to say well we'd have to pay x amount now to be able to pull our money out in two or three years time um, and then if we look at it and we go, this is kind of within the realms of this could work, then we'll put the offer in. But if it's like, if it's, if it's on for 100 and we need to get it for 50, then we wouldn't bother. Yeah, We're cool. certain estate agents we might consider it. But I would never go in, I want to put an offer. I think I said this, I'd never put an offer in, if, I, you know, I want to put an offer in a 50. I would say, unfortunately, the only number that works for us is 50. So I just think it's too low, unless you think they might be open to it. And they're probably mm-hmm. going to go, no, they're definitely not open to it. And then you just leave it um but if it was kind of they're on for 100 and actually it was like maybe i don't know i don't know i think probably i mean it it depends on the situation maybe it pushed something in the 70s but probably in the 80s like i would be like yeah i'll put the offer in like you never know it also depends on the market as well because in this yeah, like course. in this well it's not so booming now, but in the very booming summer market where everything was going like super quick, I was just like, "There's no point." But also, yeah. I know that actually the boom is going to get that uplift anyway. So,
0: I mean, it's just the same as auctions that you just got to know what your budget is. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if the numbers don't work, and it's where you got to kind of get quite sort of clinical about it, isn't it? If, if the number doesn't work that's on your page, yeah. Don't it's. Doesn't don't
1: matter. yeah. Don't chase the deal. It's so tempting. It's yeah. so so tempting. We, the only time we've done that was when we bought um uh corp. What are they called now? Corp. What I say now. They calls it back then as well. Corporate. Uh, I can't remember the term. Basically, repossessed repossessed property. Oh yeah. So they're allowed to stay on the market. So they they say we've had an offer we've had an offer of X amount. They put it on the listing. We've had you know it'll be on for hundred oh. grand. We've had an offer of ninety five grand accepted. If you want to beat this offer, then let us know. They're allowed to oh, you're you're allowed to get gazums like oh, they actively actively encourage it. And we had had an offer accepted, and on day of exchange, they told us that another offer had gone in, so we upped our offer over what our maximum was going to be because we were like we're at day of exchange and so we upped our offer went over and we bought the property and we made like i can't remember we made it wasn't three grand but it wasn't very much we did make money on it we just we were like why did we we should just walked away and got a better property um but you know but we learned we were told don't chase the deal we chased the deal and then went oh that's why (laughs) because we just wasted all that time and effort
0: yeah but it's difficult because you've already committed to like the the a little bit of money that you've already put towards exactly. it and you, and especially if you're earlier on you think oh man yeah. i don't want to waste that so and it's fact
1: we'd it. spend like three three or four months or however long it was going oh we're gonna we're you know we're gonna get this but you start falling in love with it you know and it's it's hard to walk away but yeah. walk but do as i say not as i did <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah um, okay so i think that covers all
0: the sort of basics of yeah. how to um, so we we didn't want to go into like the specific specifics that's hard to say of <laughs> what you're looking for inside the house because i know we have had the question yes about we uh, have so, so that, uh, we've had the question about asking could we do an episode on literally walking around the house and what to look for mm-hmm. for boilers and what you know brickwork and obviously it's very very hard to do as a podcast
1: um well no i, to, I think it a, i think it's a great question and i yeah. think we can cover it it's quite a big topic so it's probably best for its own uh episodes that's what i mean yeah it's not like a passing um, comment you can just yeah. add
0: in you know we, we need to actually sit I down can, and... <laughs> i can
1: summarize there are things i can summarize but i think yeah let's let's dedicate some time to that i think it's yeah, yeah.
0: okay well would okay so the next will brings us on to the next episode yeah. so episode 13 that is what we're going to focus on so we're going to focus on listener questions
1: yes
0: um because they have started trickling in now yeah like I said, thank one of them you was, so much yeah one of them was about this what's it was I, I don't have it in front of me sorry so i can't can't call out the, the name but we'll, we'll call out the names if you, unless you've got it there no i, I was going to try and let
1: it know it's fine yeah but thank I, you so much for the questions we really appreciate them
0: we'll we'll call out the names and the questions and answer your questions next week so we'll we will be um yeah going into specific questions so if you've Put your question into the podcast, uh, which is anna at com. Yeah. they take me 13 episodes, 12 (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: episodes. So send your questions in there. um, And a couple of people that have already done that, we will read them out next week and go through them.
1: Yeah, we're really excited. Very cool. Why am I so um, excited about this? I think it's nice. I feel like it'll be a little bit of a quick fire round, and I think it'll be nice yeah. to kind of cover a few things.
0: Absolutely, we'll be actually, yeah. I know
1: I know why I'm excited because it feels a bit like, like like my TikTok lives where I do property Q and A. So I love those because you just you get to cover so much stuff. It's really yeah. nice.
0: And this time, you won't have a chat to keep up with.
1: Yeah, and weird people in the chats. Weird people.
0: We've <laughs> you,
1: got no like weird you, listeners. I was going no, exactly, on the podcast. I mean, you've got to be really weird to be listen to, like, podcasts. <laughs> and then, were you on that line? I had someone the other day on my live. I'm sure you are on it, where they were, like, complaining Um they asked a question because sometimes I fall behind on the comments because mm, I do course. get asked a lot of comments, and I do right. try and say, I'm you know, I'm really sorry i being behind on the comments. But there was someone that was got really unhappy that I wasn't answering this comment quicker, and then he was like, You're taking like you're taking too long, I'm bored. And I was like, I What's it? This? I was like, I was like, You don't, I'm not forcing you to stay <laughs> if you don't like it, you can just, just go. It's not a paid
0: TikTok, you're not I paying to like, be here.
1: I just thought it was so funny. I was like, "Why, why stay?" And the fact that he was there, that he was still he was staying because he wanted to answer the question, but then he was like being mean to the person. Asked a question.
0: So weird. I, was
1: just like, I Some
0: know. So bizarre. Bless him. They are bizarre. Um, Bless him. Well, he, he can't account for general public?
1: Exactly. But yeah. the, luckily, it's the minority, and I feel sorry for people like that. You know um but no but usually people are fantastic on my lives i love my lives um i haven't done many because i've been moving house um recently but yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back into a bit of a pattern with them because that's one of the favorite things i do that and the podcast obviously and the tiktoks in general actually all the all the tiktok <laughs> you love podcast stuff. i do i really love well, what i'm doing and what's talking interesting to
0: people. i like all the amount of stuff that's happened based around your tiktoks you know this mm. podcast was born from a TikTok yeah life. yeah um and yeah i know you've made loads of connections from people on tiktok and yeah. business opportunities and all sorts of stuff but it just goes to show about sharing and helping people the share amount, and shine yeah <laughs> that can help you even though you're not specifically trying to make it work like that yeah but the amount that brings you yeah. personally is, is fascinating so um, it pays off
1: also to remind our listeners that we didn't know each other (laughs) when we started I was talking to someone about this the other day and they assumed we were like old friends and I was like no like just to remind our listeners Richard first I think you found me you found me on TikTok but it was on one of my lives that you said have you ever thought about doing a podcast and I was like oh no I don't I don't really know much about podcast because I don't listen to podcasts I was like I don't really know much about it and you were like oh well you know I just think it would translate quite well and I said well book a call with me if you're you know if you think it's something we could have a chat with thinking that oh you probably won't and then you did <laughs> I did and no then we had a really <laughs> lovely half hour call that's probably what I about half an hour yeah <laughs> knowing us <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and uh but we made a decision did we? we were like let's not let's just go as strangers like we got on so well in that initial call we we're like let's not let's just go straight in and see where yeah. this takes us and uh, we'll give it ten episodes. We said originally, and uh, yeah, we were, and that was what must because we did. Well, how long ago was that? That was less than two months ago.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's what we we made a conscious decision to not actually sort of tell each other anything about each other because we kind of wanted it to grow naturally. Yeah. Um, and it has. Um, July eleventh of July was our first episode.
1: Oh look. Well, so yeah, t- tomorrow. So we're recording this on the tenth of September. So tomorrow will be our two month anniversary. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: say you say we're recording it on the tenth. It'll be the eleventh soon. We, yeah, we started on the tenth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but we talk like we talk every day now, don't we? Yeah, like, yeah, we we're do. We do. do. Sending some stupid message to each other or like you know yeah. um, to our pre podcasts like, pre warm up shows
0: uh but but it's just, it's again it's the thing of just sharing and helping exactly. each other
1: what but it, it is you. it's lifting both of us because obviously like the the, the the farm now is you know taking off for me so much stuff like you're you know you're looking at moving your strategies are coming together like you you've got your team for your rent to rent like yeah. it's it's the dynamic is helping both of us so yeah. it's a it's a good exchange
0: it's been brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant. Mm. And again, I love our conversations. And yeah, again, do. I wish we could broadcast broadcast all of it, <laughs> but we can't. But like I said, it, it's honestly, it's like it's a friendship that's growing. Yeah. And like I said, these aren't you're getting a forty minute podcast. This is like a three hour podcast for us. <laughs>
1: really just, is. Um, it
0: really is. But again, it, it's fascinating.
1: We talk about all kinds of crazy stuff, like today particularly, because I think because I've moved, we've not talked as much recently, and we talked about all kinds of crazy stuff, and there was nothing, like (laughs) completely unrelated to property, talked about all kinds of crazy stuff today, and laughed laughed at how weird it got.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then we got to talk about property, we've got, oh yeah, what are we talking about?
1: (laughs) We're going to do a live though, aren't we? We're going to just try mm. doing a TikTok live together and seeing yes. if, it, if it translates into translates. No idea it.
0: if it's going to work, yeah. <laughs> well, what we'll try and do, we'll try and once Anna has finished moving house mm. and um, got all sorted and back in the, in the routine, we'll, we'll as the, these episodes release every every Monday, 8 a.m., what we'll try and do is do a Monday evening um, TikTok live. So it will be based around... If you've got any questions about the podcast, it'll be out in the morning and uh, we'll try and answer any questions or whatever. Talk about all the weird stuff we talk off air. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what we should do. Can't edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: So where do people go, Anna, if they want to find out more about you, if they want to contact you or book a call?
1: So they can go to my website, Anna Pierce, that's P-E-A-R-C-E.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can find me on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, I've also got a Facebook group, Property and mm-hmm. Press as well. um I think that's all. see so, ya yeah, find me there.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Uh, you can find me if you're interested on um, TikTok and Instagram, probably the main ones, uh, which is pretty much property. Um, I still have my Twitter account. I had no responses from anybody about my Twitter. See? So maybe uh, Twitter is just dead for property. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Possibly.
0: But I do want to say thank you for the nice comments because on your lives, we're getting more and more comments mm. and feedback now about podcasts. podcast. And we really appreciate it. It's really nice hearing that people are listening um, yeah. and they do have questions. So we, we do appreciate it if you're listening. So thank yeah, you very much. Thank
1: you so much. Um, I'm sorry and, if I'm not replying to people because I'm moving house, but I will reply to everyone.
0: Yeah, and is swamped with everything, and moving house is not, it's no, not great for productivity, is it?
1: No, exactly. And finding, I'm finding a tenant for a property as well at the moment, and, yeah, so, of course, yeah. yeah cause What's if, going on? Yeah, exactly. But all good, all good.
0: Yeah, and I've had a few people actually mention to me about that how is my journey going i've had a couple of people yes met. so i will give you an update we were planning on doing like a little mini update and maybe at the start or the end of these episodes but we haven't quite figured out how to fit that in yet yeah. so we will do if not we'll do another episode on on my uh my progress but it is, it is slowly progressing and we've got some ideas that we're actually going to share um mm. because because i've shared before that i got a little bit stuck and i'm a little bit stuck Um, so we're going to share some ideas on how you can get unstuck if you're stuck as well Mm. um, and you can hear how Anna helps me break free Mm. uh, and we'll share how that goes so there will be some updates coming so keep listening
1: lovely
0: um okay i think that brings us to the end although i will say thank you we've had a couple of ratings as well on the podcast so thank you very much thank you for the ratings Mm, um so please continue to do so And reviews, please, if you don't mind leaving us a review, they are the most helpful.
1: Is that just that's just on Apple, isn't it? Is that the only place people
0: can leave a review? Yeah, I think Apple is the only place that does reviews still, I think. Um, But I I think in Spotify, you can rate a podcast, I think. Mm -hmm. Let us know. Anyway, if you do that, if you do do that and we don't recognize it, then please let us know if you've done it because we don't always see all the little updates. But yeah, thank you very much. Thank Um,
1: you, everyone.
0: So thank you, Anna, and I'll, Anna? to my voice then. Um, (laughs) Jesus. Uh, So thank you, Anna, and we'll see you next week for episode 13.
1: Thank you, lucky 13. See you next week. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Richard. Bye. Bye.